Hello. Welcome back to ASMR Quest. This podcast is not intended to trigger ASMR, but rather is a podcast about ASMR. So we're gonna we're gonna get started now. One job. Yeah. One job. I disagree. I think that was the best intro we've ever had. You're probably right. Listeners, if you think that that was the best opening that we ever had, you can tweet at us um, with the hashtag, hashtag, the best intro ASMR Quest Podcast has ever had, and we'll respond to your questions live on air. That's right. That's right, listeners. This is our first ever live podcast. <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty bold of us to try this out. <laughs> so we don't have a radio show that we can sort of broadcast this on simultaneously. So we're really we're really taking a leap of faith here. Well, in um, in the age of the internet, most of the time when people do live shows, they don't well, like live podcasts, they don't broadcast it over the radio. They broadcast it over some sort of live streaming service. Or something um, that you might call an internet radio? Yeah, either one. Um, but we're not doing either of those either. That's true. Well, hold on. We can, we could broadcast this on the internet, right? We just gotta, we just gotta like sign up for Twitch or something. It's too late now, Ian. We can't broadcast this. Um, so we're just gonna be here, uh, waiting for calls to come in. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, um, so we've, we've got Jenny on the phones. Oh, um, Jenny, is this uh, now? Is this Jenny from the Block? I don't know that reference. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Jenny on the phones, and um, so you just call in and you tell Jenny uh, like a little ten-second version of what you want to talk about on air with us, um, and then she'll, yeah, she'll filter the calls through. Um, if it's deemed that it's a sort of interesting enough story, and it's not lewd. <laughs> We're not interested in lewd stories, thank you very much. Um, if it's, so we don't need you calling anymore, Jessica. Jessica. With your lewd stories. Lewd Jessica. That's what I, <clears throat> what I say to her. I don't, I don't say, like, I don't call her lewd Jessica. I just say lewd Jessica. <laughs> I don't think she likes it. <laughs> Well, maybe if she wasn't calling in with her lewd stories all the time. Well, this is a different Jessica. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that, that is kind of rude then. Like, well, I mean, are you confusing the two Jessicas? Or? No, I'm just, I'm, it's just the thing though, John. Again, it's, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I'm not calling her out. I'm not saying lewd Jessica. I'm, I'm going up to this, this, this other Jessica in my life and I'm saying lewd Jessica. I, I still don't really, like, so you're saying that this Jessica is lewd? No. No, 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 John. Right. I am saying the words lewd Jessica. But what I'm is the implication of putting those words together? John, that's a fascinating question. And I think it really goes to the heart of <laughs> meaning and language. Now, I think the, the critical thing here is you, there are certainly ways that you can construe lewd Jessica mm-hmm. as a statement said to someone whose name is Jessica, such that there is meaning to it, right? But when I'm saying lewd Jessica, 
There is no meaning. Well, You're just there is, there's, saying two words. There's meaning insofar as it's a reference to the lewd comments which uh, the other Jessica, who calls into our show regularly, <laughs> tries to leave. <laughs> now, also, I do want to point out, it's sort of odd that she's been calling in regularly, seeing as this is our first, our first ever <laughs> live show. Yeah, and it's not being broadcast anywhere. Yeah. Nor have we, like, given anyone a phone number to call. Uh, so, listeners, if you want to call into this first ever live show... Uh, you can reach us at five 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 five. Is that too many fives? No, it was three, then three, then four. I don't know. Gonna have to run back the tape on that one. We're taking a quick break for the judges to deliberate. They they have the instant replays. Yeah, so we're actually going to do a quick cut to commercial. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, well, the judges and refs decide whether or not I had the right number of fives. Mm-hmm. We'll be back after this message from our sponsors. Hello, it's me, the Winter Olympics. <laughs> uh, at this point, I think the Winter Olympics are over. Yeah, this is they will be over by the time this goes out. But since this is also going out live, or it's, it's, uh, of course, it's a live show. It's a live show. I, I want I want all of you guys to tune into the Winter Olympics. On the Winter Olympics, there's no end to the fun that you can have. <laughs> there's skiing. There's snowboarding. There's curling. The list goes on. <laughs> um, if there's if it's if it's slippery, we got it. <laughs> the Winter Olympics, 2018. <laughs> And we're back, and the judges have deliberated, and they they forgot the question that we asked them. Uh, it was um, whether or not I had said the right number. Well, of I times. remember that, John, but the oh. judges forgot. Oh, the judges forgot. Yeah, the so judges we don't, forgot. So it's inconclusive. <laughs> inconclusive. We don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, Jenny, how are we doing with the phones? Jenny, Jenny's telling me that we haven't gotten any calls yet. Yeah, she's just, she's just kind of shaking her head at us. She's just shaking her head. A single tear is running <laughs> down her face. She yeah. looks really more disappointed in us than our listeners. It's true. Um, well, you can't see the look on our listeners' faces. Now, John, I will say that you did just... It, your phone just buzzed. Yeah, I forgot to put it on uh, on vibrate. Oh, oh wait, yeah, wait, maybe you should. Hot, maybe, yeah, oh, yeah, maybe this was a call. You're right. Maybe it was a call from a listener. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have several notifications here. I don't know which one was the new one. Okay. Um, but uh, I don't think any of these are calls from listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, we can just still go through and read them all out loud, right? <laughs> um, listeners, before we get any further, uh, I should let you know that this live episode um, is not going to really contain any ASMR content. Um, Ian and I, we've both just been too busy. Um, but Ian's in my living room at the moment, because mm-hmm. he had a conference, uh, but I'm moving next weekend, and there's just, it's just, it's just, it's just been too much, so we didn't do a real episode this week. We didn't do the boo this week, listeners. What's the boo? I thought you would get that reference, Ian. The boo-boo? No, no, the, um, that, like, web series, the boo, where, like, the yeah, final episode the was, boo. yeah, we didn't do the boo this week, we didn't do the boo. Oh um, shit! You're right, John. Yeah. I should have got it. Um, God, that was a that was a. I don't know that our listeners would quite understand that reference. Though. Yeah, it's, a, it's an obscure one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so this is we're just gonna talk for a little while. This is probably gonna be a short episode too. Yeah, 
Uh, John, actually, I've got a great, I've got a great thing that we can do. Yeah. I'm gonna turn on your fireplace. Oh, Ian, it's already so hot in here. <laughs> Please don't. John, we gotta do it, John. Oh, so no. I'm not gonna leave it on for a while, okay? Okay. We just gotta have the, the crackling flames, too. Uh, well, it's let's... really more of like a whoosh. A whooshing flames. Oh. There we go. I hope that you've heard that and appreciated it, listeners. Yeah, I don't know if the mic picked it up. Oh, hold on, though, John. We're gonna, I'm gonna fix this. Right, Ian's turning. I think Ian's just gonna pick up the microphone. Pick and put up it. the mic. <laughs> so John, this is gonna be an audio treat. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it Indiana Jones style. Um, this is how Indiana Jones does it in the movies. <laughs> put it real close. Turn on. Oh, that was a good whoosh. Yeah, I get you. That was a loud one. Get picked up on the mic? I think so. Nice. There we go, listeners. Oh. What a treat. <laughs> so that's the sort of high-quality content you can expect this episode. Well, I don't know if we're going to have much more sort of high-quality content like that, John. That took that took a lot of effort, <laughs> I think. Um, so let's talk about mukbang, John. Okay. Let's talk about mukbang. Yeah, 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 let's talk about it. So first off, um, listeners may recall, I think last episode, I was talking about mukbang. Turns out that's just the wrong way to say mukbang. Um, it is a phenomenon where streamers will eat large amounts of food. Or I guess it doesn't need to be a stream. You could presumably just record a video of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's generally done as a stream. Yeah. Seems it's a sensible. live stream. Seems Something like, that we clearly know a lot about, as evidenced by this episode. Seems like, well, here's the thing, episode. John. So we're, we're currently about ten minutes into our first ever live stream. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, I think that, um. The audience participation is lacking. Audience participation is lacking. But that's, yeah, that's not on, that's not on them. Well, Jenny is really just kind of shaking a fist at yeah, us now. I think, she, I think Jenny's actually... I think that she might be filtering the calls a little too aggressively, John. <laughs> I never really want the highest uh, quality... She looks really angry with us. Call in listeners. Jenny, I don't... Jenny, we're paying you to be here. I don't get mm-hmm. what the problem is. It's like... Yeah, could you have done something more useful today? Yes. But we're paying you to screen our calls. Oh, you're paying her? Yeah, yeah, I gave her like like five bucks. Oh wow, you're not paying me, jeez. So, Jenny, I just I don't understand why you're so angry mm-hmm. uh, with us for doing this live stream that we're not streaming live. Well, but like, I, I guess we do have to ask ourselves. You know, on the one hand, you know, we're maybe not putting on the world's greatest live stream here. On the other hand, I don't think we pulled the wool over Jenny's eyes at all. Like, I mean, yeah. we paid her for her time. You know, maybe if Jenny She's was a little more pleasant on the phone, we'd be getting more callers. It's true. It's true. I don't like to blame Jenny for everything, but I do think she's been a problem since day one. <laughs> um, since day one of our, of our live streaming. I guess we could live stream a podcast, though, couldn't we? Yeah, it's entirely possible. It'd be a fun thing to do someday. Yeah. Someday. So let's talk about Mukbang, John. Oh, yeah. It's this phenomenon when a streamer will eat a whole bunch of food, and to my understanding, that's that's the beginning and end of it. <laughs> you eat a lot of food. It's often indulgent food. Sometimes it's salads, though. Sometimes you eat a lot of salad. Next time we do a Donut Days, we should stream it. Yeah, I should stream a Donut Days. What if we do a Salad Days? 
We get like we get a dozen of those um, you know, large plastic packages of salad. Oh, those are gross. You don't like those? Oh, well, I, I, maybe we're thinking of different things. But I feel like a lot of pre-mixed salads are kind of gross. Hmm. In what way do you think they're gross? I feel like it's just sort of like inferior lettuce a lot of the time. Uh, they're also like definitely overpriced. Hmm. I think they're certainly overpriced. I'm I'm with you there. Typically, when I get them, they're, usually lettuce isn't the main thing. Usually, it's like spinach salads, mm. and I don't know. I mean, it's I guess I guess the thing that uh, I think we is going for it. that much spinach though, our teeth would have teeth like would that weird just, coating on them. They'd fuzz away at that point. We wouldn't yeah. have any teeth left. They just dissolve. Yeah, what what what's with that? Why why is why do why does spinach make your your teeth feel weird? That's a great question. I'm gonna I'm gonna call in um, to the listeners <laughs> to figure this one out. And this one, yeah, of course. So right now I'm gonna be contacting maybe my most dedicated listener, uh, Google, <laughs> who listens into everything that I do. Um, they're always watching me, and they're always supporting me. And I'm asking Google now: Why does spinach? Well, okay, so first off, we're going to look at a couple of the top uh, the top queries here. Okay. Why does spinach... I'm going to just finish on spinach. Why does spinach upset my stomach? Why does spinach shrink? Why does spinach make me poop? Well, I feel like anything you eat is going to make you poop. Well, like constipation. You should eat a constipation, John, or constipational. So those are also things that are going to make you throw up. Mm-hmm. So. Spinach teeth is caused by the high quantities of oxalic acid found in spinach. What does that mean? Well, do you, do you, John? Uh, so we're going to bring back one of the hottest segments in ASMR Quest podcast, the, the segment where I read articles that I find online out loud verbatim. <laughs> um, this article is brought to us now. by Lizzie Fuhrer. Now, this was not a success article, so maybe it'll be more tolerable. <laughs> Also, maybe I won't read it out loud verbatim. Maybe I'll just skim it and sort of shout out what I'm seeing. <laughs> spinach teeth is caused by high quantities of oxalic acid found in spinach. The oxalate crystals leak out from the spinach as you chew, and these crystals coat the teeth, which results in that gritty feeling. So there you go, John. It turns out... That's when I first saw that it was acid. I was like, what is it, fucking dissolving your teeth? Yeah, it turns out they're just little crystals, and oh, okay. crystals coat your teeth. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of plants that have little, weird little crystals in them. Are these power gems, John? No. Um, well, like, like, rhubarb is a plant that has a lot of weird little crystals in it. The article um, actually does conclude by saying that there are a variety of other plants um, which have this phenomenon. Yeah, apparently the uh, the ones in rhubarb are very needle-like. Hmm. So if you eat some, uh, if you eat, like, the stalk of rhubarb... Um, which is the part that, which is the part you generally do not eat. It's apparently very painful. It, uh, you know, just, you got all these little crystals just going into your gums. Beets, kale, and chocolate are also high in oxalic acid. Now, there is one concern with this, because I guess, you know, the teeth thing isn't actually an issue. It just sort of fuzzes it up. However, this acid increases your risk of oxalate stones in the kidneys. So people with a predisposition for such Issues should steer clear eating large amounts of spinach. They should not partake in our hashtag spinach days. (laughs) We just eat a dozen large containers of spinach. 
Actually, if we cut if we cut the spinach, then it was just like a large. But the thing is, cooked spinach is pretty unpleasant. I think. Oh, I I enjoy cooked spinach. If you cook it in like some oil or something, I guess it's just. I much prefer the texture of raw spinach. But you know, we could take like, uh, like twelve large containers of spinach, cook it down, and then it's like two bites. Yes, about half a bite. Um, let's, let's talk about something a little more interesting. Let's, let's talk about what's been going on in our lives recently. And so you had this conference, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's hear about this conference a little bit. Although, um, but remember, you can't violate the thing about Obama. Okay. So I will say that a president did come to this conference. Sure, you can't say what they were talking about, apparently. I can't say what he was talking about, but I can tell you that it was President Obama, I guess. Um, I can also tell you what he was talking about <laughs> in great detail. Because it's, it's not like there were state secrets being... It, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I haven't read the thing that you sent me. And also, I also didn't get an email telling me that. Like, oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure that I can say what Obama was talking about. Um, in all honesty, that, you know, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't sort of hugely uh, surprising stuff. He, he was emphasizing the importance of diversity in political decision-making. Um, he was saying that it's very important that people have a degree of self-awareness and that, you know, you don't, you don't go around just sort of loud-mouthing all over the place and that you, you consider your own limitations and how, and how they can sort of best be compensated for by others. He talked a little bit about, you know, his, his time doing basketball. <laughs> his time as a professional b-baller, which didn't happen, but. Well, actually, now that he's, uh, done being the president, he's got some time on his hands, so. Apparently he's, he's, he's been in the book. Well, but he's also been in talks with a couple of, uh, NBA teams to see if, uh, any of them will take him. Yeah. I got I mean, you know, the thing is, like, if I had an NBA team and, Barack Obama came to me and said, I want to be on your team. How are you going to turn him down? I don't think that you would. You know, maybe, he, he, I don't think he would be a starter. No, probably not. Um, but you have 12 people per team, so, you know. Yeah. And like, you know, even if he's, even if he really sucks, and I mean, let's be honest, like, there's no way that this middle-aged man is going to be able to compete with a bunch of professional basketball players. But, you know, I think it's going to bring in a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like, as a business owner, I think it's a great opportunity to just have a former president sitting at the sidelines all of your games. Mm-hmm. It's going to sell a lot of tickets, I think. It's going to sell a lot of tickets. It's going to be sort of a hassle for the facility security. <laughs> um, and also, you know, I think it would be odd for the rest of the teammates. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I see it as being a winning strategy long term. I think so. You're going to get a lot of buzz marketing. Yeah. Oh, there was a there was a fun panel right towards the end, um, in which uh, what was his name? I think Sam Hinkie, the guy who drove the uh, the seventy sixers into the ground. <laughs> he was sort of there was actually it was, it was sort of a cheeky panel name too. It was it was like, uh, trusting the process. Okay. The process is, I guess, in the NBA. Um, so, so the NBA, it's a very star-driven game. 
it's very important that you have some top talent on your team yeah. if you're going to be competitive. Um, and a part of how you recruit top talent, besides you know, sort of effective trading, is via the draft. The NBA draft works. It's it's essentially a random thing. Um, different teams get have a different percentage um, chances of getting the top picks, <laughs> and the the sort of your your likelihood of getting these top picks is directly proportional to how bad you did. Right. So if you if you're real bottom of the league, then you have something like a twenty five percent chance of getting the top pick. Okay. And so the the seventy sixers, um, they were bottom of the league once, and they were just did very badly three of the other years, and they're sort of constantly just rebuilding their team. And from what I understand, it didn't really work out. Um, I think I've heard of like maybe it was the seventy sixers, but like I think I've heard of that being a strategy. That, like, multiple not-great-teams will use of trying to be worse than they are just so that they can mm-hmm. be better in the future. Well, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a clear reward for doing very well in basketball. Although there's, there's some people who are saying that increasingly it's, it's really a championship-and-nothing game where there's not much of a premium put on making it to the playoffs. Really? If you don't succeed. Yeah. <laughs> So there's there's clear advantages, but the, but they you know, they said there's a tremendous payoff if you do win a championship. There's like it's something like over you know you'll you'll get some boost in popularity over a very long time period. That makes sense. Um, and it's, you know it's just overall an extremely positive thing. So there's there's clear advantages to coming in top, and there's clear advantages to coming at the bottom because then you get a much higher likelihood of draft picks. Although that's that's being changed recently, actually in response to. Oh. In part the seventy sixers, um, but there's really no reward for being in the middle. Um, yeah, it's just no one really cares if you're like, oh man, we're ranked fifteenth instead of thirtieth. I guess fifteenth actually gets you to playoffs if, if you're ranked like eighteenth instead of thirtieth, right? Um, yeah, and so there's a there's an incentive to. Play below your capacity, which is maybe not the best. Yeah. Score. Another thing I, I think that that's what really drives uh, fun and exciting competition. It's when a team is intentionally uh, losing. Here's the thing: so, so football is sort of on its way out in America, or at the very least, if it's not on its way out, it's it's not doing well for itself. Okay, I don't feel like it's on its way out. I don't know. So, I mean, viewership's down seven percent this year. But, like, I feel like I still hear people talk about football more than any of the other, profe- like, major professional sports. Maybe. I think it's... Well, it might still be number one in terms of viewership, but it's it seems like um, basketball is going to supplant it as the major American sport. Really? Yeah. That, well, at least that was the opinion of, of was the general consensus at this sports analytics conference. Huh. I guess they probably know more about sports... And sports popularity than I do. Someone who doesn't watch many sports. Yeah, I mean, so the, and I think it's. But I guess just to say that football's on its way out seems extreme. I don't know. It's like I don't think it's just going to disappear all of a sudden. Well, it's not going to disappear, but I mean, I think it's going to have a similar trajectory to baseball, where baseball was, you know, once the American sport, right? Mm-hmm. It was once the sort of the big defining thing. 
And the problem then, with baseball is that it's really boring. <laughs> well, a lot of people levy that same complaint against football. Mm. I think, you know, I guess I tend to think that football is enjoyable to watch. Um, but I also do recognize that they're four-hour games, uh, over which time there is, at most, one hour of action, usually yeah. closer to 40 minutes. <laughs> um, and it can be... It can be Sort of frustrating sometimes. Uh, yeah. And also, I mean, yeah, the other, I think the one important thing is also, it, it seems pretty clear that it's not particularly good for the players. Mm. Um, additionally, there are some advantages that you get in basketball, where, like, you know, there's, so there's not many people on a team, so each person is sort of recognizable and has some degree of celebrityhood. Oh, whereas with football, there's like a lot of players. Yeah, with football, there's about 300 people per side. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) More pouring in all the time. (laughs) Uh, Just people sort of hopping off the stands to join the team. Yeah, but there's only a handful of people who are, like, actually recognizable. Yeah. Not even those people. It's... I think there was one fun point made. In football, you can't ever see the players' faces, really. They're all wearing helmets all the time, right? Whereas in basketball, you see their faces all the time. Uh, So, like, seeing, like... Their expressions. Yeah, it just gives them more star power. Okay, that makes sense. And there were some claims made, which I actually didn't. I didn't. I didn't know about. Um, It's basically saying if you look at the social media presence of big basketball players versus big football players, the basketball players are dominating, head and shoulders above. Yeah, they're doing much much better in terms Mm -hmm. of leveraging good social media audiences. Building their personal brand, John, is so important in this economy. <laughs> to build your personal sports brand. Yeah. So I learned, learned a lot about a lot about what people talk about at sports analytics conferences. <laughs> um, got to see some some exciting people. Got to see Obama. Got to see Steve Ballmer. Nate Silver was there too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to see Nate Silver. Got to see Bill James, who is the, the original... Sabermetrics man, um, and he, I guess he's notable to me primarily because my father has bought his annual baseball prospectus um, every year, all years, <laughs> um, going back to the dawn of time. <laughs> and so I got to see the man in the flesh. Cool. But John, what about, what about your exciting conference? Well, uh... I I tried, or I took my first ever professional wrestling class yesterday. Now, was it a professional wrestling class, or was it an amateur wrestling class? It was professional wrestling. Yeah, right, because not real. Real wrestling is the amateur wrestling, but when I say real wrestling, I mean Olympic wrestling. Yeah, it was not Olympic wrestling. It was, it was professional wrestling, like you would see in the WWE. Or the WWF. Or many other promotions, but that's just, you know, the one people are most familiar with. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Uh, learned some of the basics, or, um, tried to learn some of the basics in some cases. Um, yeah, we started off, off with just sort of like learning how to lock up. And we also learned like how to fall out of the ring. Um, we learned how to hit the ropes. Uh, we learned how to take bumps. Um, now, John, if you, if you could sort of distill what you've learned into a couple of key takeaway points to our listeners, some sort of actionable insights that they can bring to their everyday life. 
Well, so I learned that um, when you're learning to fall safely out of the ring, sometimes you do just kind of fall out of the ring. And then you hit your leg on the apron really hard, and you end up with some bruises. Mm-hmm. Um, I also learned that hitting the ropes also gives you bruises. Although it is pretty fun. Like, and it's also, like, with the, when you hit your, when you accidentally hit your leg on the apron, that's, like, one really hard hit that gives you a bruise right away. With the ropes, like, each individual time you hit the ropes, it's really not that bad. Um, and it's, like, pretty fun because they're bouncy and springy. So I, I really did, like, hitting the ropes. It's just that every time you do it, you hit the exact same, like, two spots and you're putting basically your entire body weight into it. So after a while, <laughs> that starts to hurt too. Do you um, feel like this experience of uh, of actually wrestling uh, through it? Did you pick up any sort of new appreciation for the work that you see in the ring? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because um, you know, it's just like you you watch what they're doing. It's like it's obviously very impressive and cool, um, but I don't think I fully appreciated how much training it takes even just to do the basics. Because, um, like, yeah, a lot of the, like, sort of just basic falls out of the ring were, like, not, not like, impossible. Like, I sort of got the... more or less got it down, but it was it was sloppy. Um, but, like, you know, there's a lot of ways to mess it up, and, like, it's, it is sort of difficult, and, um, you know, with hitting the ropes, like... It's something they do constantly, every single match. It's a big part of wrestling. But, like, you really have to sort of build up the uh, your resistance there so that you're not just, like, constantly bruised every time you do it. Um, and then the, the bumping was the, the worst. That was, I think, worse than I was expecting. Um, I mean, I, I think I also was... Well, I did it, I think, right a couple times, but I think I also did it wrong a couple times. And that's one of those things that, like, you apparently really have to practice a lot in order to, like, get good at it. But uh, when you do it wrong, it really hurts. Um, so th- that was that was not my favorite part. Mm. Um, well, I was really excited surprises. about it. I was looking forward to it, but it was... Well, just the, I think the, like, when you bump wrong, it hurts a lot. That was the biggest surprise. <laughs> I, mean, I, knew, I figured it was going to hurt, but it, it, just, it hurt more than I was expecting when I did it wrong and in ways I wasn't expecting. Like, I thought it was just going to hurt my torso a lot if I fucked it up, but no, it kind of hurt my head um, when I fucked up. Uh, um, oh, actually, one thing that was kind of surprising to me is when I've been at, like, uh, indie shows and I've been close to the ring, I'm always, I always feel like, wow, the ring's, like, way bigger than I thought it would be and, like, way higher. And I kind of thought, like, I bet it's, like, much scarier once you're up there. Like, I bet it feels very high. But when I was actually in one, it, it, it was fine. Yeah. It didn't feel like it was super scary how high it was. Was it a pretty springy stage, you would say? Um, ring? The, the ring itself definitely has some springiness to it, but it's also not that soft. Hmm. It is the, the ring itself is fairly hard. Hmm. Um, the ropes have a lot of springiness to them, but again, like when you're just hitting those same couple spots every time it uh it starts to add up mm-hmm. um oh actually I, I was when i first sort of like tried to climb up onto the apron i was surprised that the the ropes at least on this particular ring the ropes were 
springier than I was expecting. Because I, like, grabbed onto one of them, and I was trying to use that to sort of, like, pull myself up and jump up at the same time. But I was expecting to, like, be able to pull myself more effectively than I was. So, like, I didn't put a lot of effort into the jump, and then the the rope just kind of, like, gave out. So I ended up just kind of, like, landing with my knees and legs on the apron rather than jumping up smoothly like I was expecting. Did everyone mock you? Um, no. Everyone was, like, very friendly and supportive. Because, like, everyone there was trying it out for the first... Or not necessarily the first time, but, like, everyone was a beginner, with the exception of the trainers. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it was fun. What does the inside of a wrestling gym look like? Um, this one was sort of a, like, empty warehouse type thing uh, with two wrestling rings in it. Than like concrete floors, in most places. Mm-hmm. But they did have some mats like just outside of the ring. So they were doing some floor work as well. Uh, no, no, the the mats were for like when you're practicing falling out of the ring, so that you have something softish to land on. Mm-hmm. But oh man, I hurt all over today. I like have a lot of bruises, and I'm sore in a couple of places. Most, yeah, no, I think the only, like, real muscular soreness I have that is independent of bruising is my neck, just from, like, trying to tuck my head while I was falling. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was less physically intense than nor- what they normally do, because it was for all beginners. I mean, it's certainly less physically intense than, like, what you're doing once you actually know how to do it. But even for, like, a just sort of regular practice for, relative beginners, I think that this was probably still a little bit easier. Because um, there were just, like, there were so many people, and so we had to sort of trade off mm-hmm. with who was doing stuff, and so there was a, a fair bit of downtime. But I think that that was good for an introduction. How was your first suplex? Uh, we did not get to any suplexes or uh, any sort of power moves. I think that's, that's much more advanced. Mm-hmm. You have to know how to fall properly before you can start throwing people around. Um, I also, I'm not sure that I have the strength necessary for that sort of stuff yet. Um, I mean, maybe for some smaller people, but, uh, not for, not for any big people. Not for any of those big boys. Mm. Um, but I, I did, I, I, I did feel like I was strong enough to, like, support myself and all of the stuff that we were doing. So that was good. I, I was... Because, yeah, I, I knew that, like, I, I wasn't... I knew going into it that I wouldn't be strong enough to do any sort of, like, power moves on other people, but I wasn't quite sure if I was fit enough to be able to handle my own self in the ring. But it seems like I am. Nice. Uh, but then again, there it is just... There's a lot of bruising that happens at first. Did you develop a finishing move? Uh, no, it's a, it's a little premature for that. Did you develop an opening move? Um, I, I don't, that's not really a thing so much. I mean, usually people start with, like, a lock-up or something, which we did learn how to lock-up, so. So it sounds like you did. I guess so. Suppose you could say that. Mm-hmm. And that's been the life of Johnny and... <laughs> <laughs> um, do we, do we want to call it here? Well, so I'm still waiting um, for a call to come through. Yeah, Jenny, how, how's that going? 
Jenny left. Jenny. Yeah, she she left, and uh, it looks like the phone's just been ringing off the hook, essentially. But unfortunately, there wasn't anyone there to. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know how to answer a phone. I don't know. Answer, I don't know. I don't know how to contact Jenny. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how we met her, where she came from. Actually, so I'm, so I'm looking up on Google right now, and Jenny might have been dead the whole time. <laughs> this might be one of those situations where Jenny's been dead for 50 years. Oh, oh, damn. We we hired a ghost to to operate our phones. That was the problem. What a disaster. <laughs> what a disaster, John. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in to this very exciting episode of ASMR Quest. I hope that you've learned a lot. Now, let's, let's just do a little executive summary, just to sort of wrap everything up okay. nicely in a bow. Um, so, some of the things that we, we learned about today is that... Uh, football is dead. No one should be watching football anymore. It's... It's done. It's out. Football sucks. Fuck football. football. No one likes it. Uh, We also learned um, that uh, Jenny is terrible with the phones. Yep. We also learned... (laughs) And... Um... We, we also learned uh, that we're really good at live episodes. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think we should probably do these more often. Yeah, we learned that I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to be uh, beating John Cena in a matter of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mukbang is not pronounced Mukbang. Yes. I learned that. Oh, and we also learned why spinach makes your teeth feel weird. That's true. That's that's maybe. That's, I think that's probably the best, the most exciting thing we learned. Yeah. So in this episode, we discussed the effects of spinach on health, and we concluded that spinach is bad for you, and you shouldn't eat it. <laughs> and spinach lobbyists, they've been they've been putting their tendrils through all of Washington. <laughs> Trying to get their devil product sort of pushed through. But just here's, here's what I'll say, John. Tobacco used to be marketed as a health product, right? Mm. Tobacco is a plant. And spinach is a plant. Mm-hmm. I think, and I, if I remember from the M. Night Shyamalan movie that was all about plants, um, the happening, um, the important thing to know is that plants aren't good. And we as humans should just burn them all. Yeah. Let's eradicate all plants. Mm-hmm. Plants are no good. Can you name one herb, John, which is not pure poison? I cannot. Heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first, last, and only. <laughs> Listeners, thanks for tuning in to this very exciting and informative and high-energy episode of ASMR Quest. Uh, we'll have a regular episode for you next time. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at ASMR underscore quest. You can email us at asmrquesting at gmail.com. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Ian, I believe 
we're pretty much done, except that uh, you have to remind our listeners to do something. Mm-hmm. Thank you all, and keep on eating spinach and getting fuzzy teeth. <laughs> and also, stay tingly. <laughs> <laughs>